David. 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 You have bok choy for my wok choy? Hello, my dear friends. Welcome to yet another episode of the Painting Pictures podcast. I'm Gabriel Roberts, and I'm coming to you from Vermont on September 1st. Happy September, everybody. Welcome. Welcome to September. It's when summertime ends and autumn begins. Are you ready for it? Because I'm not. I thought I was uh, just starting to get used to being warm in Vermont, not having to always put on lots of layers when you get out of bed. You know, the freedom of just stepping out of bed, walking out barefoot. I was, uh, I was liking it, I gotta say. it. Also, it wasn't raining all the time. I'm talking about um, like August, most of August, and then it got cold, and now it's it's like forty something degrees outside, and so summer's over. It's the end. Summer's over, and so might as well just get excited about fall. There's no point in ruining, you know, the the end morning, the end of summer. Um, because there's not a darn thing I can do about it, except contribute to global warming. That would be, that would be something I could do about it, I suppose. But really, I mean, what can I do just with my car? I guess I could leave it running all the time. Um, I could see if I could find some, some noxious gases to spray into the atmosphere I could just go cut down a bunch of trees. That would probably be most effective. I'd do it, too. I mean, if I could cut down five trees and make it a degree or two warmer, I'd do it. No doubt. Just go back, you know? Anyway, um, that was summer. Um, If you're in California, you might still be baking in a 100-degree temperature. And you might think, gosh, 45 degrees and clear and brisk sounds beautiful. And it does. And it is. See, that's the thing. If I forget about um, summer, you know, and just think about the present, it's not that bad. I like wearing sweaters. I like wearing sweaters. I like drinking coffee. Uh, I've got a pretty good collection of warm socks. So I've just got to, you know, keep the eyes, keep the eyes on the road, Charlie. Keep the eyes on the road. 
go go buy myself a new flannel shirt that'll make me that'll make me happy that'll make up for the the end of summer that had only just begun really i mean i i bitch about it bitch and moan but there's no place i'd rather be folks i'm pretty happy in here this here in vermont um I, you know whatever i could give you like life updates but I, i'm kind of sick of that i i want to just uh just roll on, you know, roll on with the podcast, get on with the show. There's nothing, it's all the same shit. It's all, you know, what am I going to do with my life? You know, <laughs> it's all the same basic self-doubt, highs, lows, uh, illness, you know, oh, there's something wrong with me. You know, it's the usual. Um, I've got... Uh, a little, a little, a couple segments for you here. We've got a, uh, we've got a conversation with my father, my dad, who's never been on the podcast, never before. I tricked him into it, and he rambled on uh, totally obligingly. Uh, at one point, he asked if we could edit things out. <laughs> of course, I, that's not going to happen. I, I, he, he doesn't know perhaps how open-minded you guys all are and the incredible patience and tolerance you have for sort of spotty, somewhat unprofessional, vague recordings. I, you know, he, he wasn't aware that that is standard fare here on the Painting Pictures podcast. So I got a little conversation, got a little story, little this, little that, little that. I just realized the other day that, um, the only thing I know about Ravi Shankar, besides the, well, I don't know. Yeah, uh, again, I'll I'll just start over. The only thing I know about Ravi Shankar is that he's Nora Jones's father. And the only thing I know about Nora Jones, besides her music, is that she's Ravi Shankar's daughter. <laughs> I I just. I don't know if I can think of another pair of individuals uh, about which the only thing I know is that they're related to each other. I mean, how do how does that even happen? It's because Ravi Shankar is somebody that I'm that people know about, or I'm supposed to know about. So, so then he's somebody that people can say, "Oh, did you know Nora jo- Nora Jones is Ravi Shankar's daughter?" If I had if if Ravi Shankar was just some nobody, I'd be like, what the fuck does that have to do with anything? <laughs> That's like, oh, you just went to Wikipedia and looked up Nora Jones and and told me that her father, what her father's name is. So obviously Ravi Shankar is some, I think he's a musician, all right? So that's the other thing I know about him, okay? So I know two things about him. But for the sake of the joke, can we basically say the only thing I know about him is that he's Nora Jones's father? What a weird thing. Why do I only know those things about these people? And I will ne- I'll never forget it either. That will always be in my brain. For better or for worse, for sicker or for poorer. <laughs> in richness and in health. All right, uh, I guess I'll just get on with this. Uh, send me questions, folks. Any questions to GabeRobertsArt at gmail.com. That's the website for the podcast as well, GabeRobertsArt.com. 
Uh, I'm going to get some more things up there. So here, you know, here's the usual the usual spiel about how I have a website and I'm going to try to get things some things up on it. Um, but that's that's how we go, you know, bit by bit, we just we we're just muddling along. You know, we're just like moles under blind little moles just trundling along, digging through the dirt. We don't know where we're going, you know. No idea where we're going. We're just doing our best. Just doing our best every day. And uh, only <laughs> only the king mole knows. I, I've been reading a lot. <laughs> been reading a lot. Uh, I haven't had internet here at the house until just very recently. And I've gotten into the habit of getting myself in bed in a hurry and, and reading until I can barely keep my eyes open. Richard Russo is an author I've discovered and blitzed through a couple of his books. Carl Hyacin, amazing. Just really funny stuff. Really good writer. You know, it doesn't have to be... This is the thing. Books don't have to be deep and symbolic and on some list of, you know, top literary works. You know, they could just be kind of dumb and and uh not super significant and and enjoyable reading for pleasure folks reading for pleasure not reading for props you know get yourself a carl heisen book go easy on yourself you don't have to slog through you know war and peace although i'd like to do that i hear it's really good but god it's one of those page books where you 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 read the first two pages and it's like oh boy where's my notebook Sheila, babe, Sheila, where's my notebook? I got 20 characters here already. I got the Romanovs and the Dutchovs and the Alexandrias and I don't know how to speak Russian, Sheila. I don't know what these names mean. Sheila, where's my notebook? I got to keep track of all this, these names. I'm only on page two, and there's 12 characters. I can't keep them straight. That's what it's like reading War and Peace. You don't have to do that to yourself. You know, go get yourself a Carl Heisen book or Richard Russo and have some fun. Or Rosamund Pilcher. (laughs) I read, (laughs) I finished a Richard Russo book. Um, didn't have, you know, hadn't gotten a chance to go to the library yet. And I'm just reading so much. I, I didn't have a book. So I picked up this little Rosamund Pilcher book. It's about 120 pages of uh, of a little romance story. It takes place on the Cornwall coast, I think. Lately, every lately every lately <laughs> lately every time I hear about a coastal region in England, it's Cornwall. Like I'm watching, just you know, randomly happen to turn on a TV show about, uh, you know, old British houses and where. What do you know? It's Cornwall, <laughs> okay. And then I'm just happen to be reading a little Rosamund Pilcher novel, Rosamund, Rosamund, Rosamund Pilcher, Rosamund Pilcher, The Empty House by Rosamund Rosamund Pilcher. That's what I was reading. It was a, the girliest. Momish book I have ever read. 
and uh, I really enjoyed it. And in the beginning, you meet this character. He's like a really smoking hot farmer. <laughs> okay. And he's single. Who knows why? You know. And he's just, he's fun. He's great with the children. And he just really, I mean, he is a catch. And just, you know, and you think, well, this character maybe doesn't see it. You know, she's used to like wealthy people. And he's just, you know, he's not high class. Okay. But, but, you know, he's out there with his sleeves rolled up, all tan, just hang. And running a farm on this gorgeous, breathtaking coastline. Just a breathtaking coastline. <laughs> so I read I read that book in like a, a day. <laughs> Who am I? <laughs> Who am I? Am I turning into my mom? Reading a Rosamund Pilcher story and, and tearing up? He's so good with the children. <laughs> So good with the children. Been reading, yeah. Been reading a lot. Just finished, a, just finished a Carl Hudson book, which are you know, it's all about Florida and mobsters and shisty scenarios and environmental degradation, and it's good stuff. And the man's a the man's a the man's a master, a master, a master craftsman. He's a master craftsman. Rosamund Pilcher is pretty good too. Not gonna lie, that's the thing. You know, these people they write a shitload of books, but that doesn't mean that they're crap, and it doesn't mean there's anything wrong with reading them. And you know what? Darn it. Uh, that's it. That's all I have to say. All right, folks, let's get on with this thing. Um, I think I'll hit you first with this little conversation with my pops, Leland Roberts. He was here in Craftsbury. Uh, we smoked a little doobie <clears throat> and then chatted about all sorts of things. Enjoy. Go ahead. All right. I'm going to set this here. All right. Kind of in the middle, right next to our T. So we're talking about old old Benny Franks, Benjamin Franklin. Yes, right. And um, not to be confused with Benjamin Button. Um, and that business of the American Revolution being, you know, staged perhaps, or to yeah. a degree, or uh, um, yeah. But that Benny I, Franks was in Europe. Was spent a lot of time in Europe. Mm-hmm. Like in France or something? Yeah, no. and exactly. Um, but the uh, the matter of uh, you know it was it was uh, I, probably the development of, of you know shipping and the concept of expanding you know the the resource hunt and the you know the um, where the I I suspect it was a um, old big money play of where yeah. where get you know wh wh where to. Where to set up our extraction operation next? Yeah, um, it's a great place. Mm -hmm. All yeah. that nice wood. Mm-hmm. Big old damn place. Um, yeah, wouldn't that be nice if we discovered another new world? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a. Um, I guess that's the idea of space exploration. But we're never gonna mm -hmm. find another 
continental United States. Mm-hmm. Never find something that good. No, no. I was thinking just um, you know, there's the matter of it's it's a big thing uh, over uh, by uh, Pat and Vicky with the plans to put a uh, wind farm up on up on a ridge nearby. Okay, and, and this uh, is in St. Albans Town, mm-hmm. Vermont. Right on, and. Uh, and it's uh, the story is cast as these as these sneaky evil, um, uh, you know, I don't know, capitalists, I guess, or, uh-huh. or um, and they're going to and they've they've developed the area, you know, they developed the the little uh, the the roads and set stuff. of the houses the um, and uh, oh, what houses? Well, where Pat bought, for instance, that was a subdivision oh. and development by the by the owners that wanted now. That also own the ridge top where they want to mount their uh, wind turbines. Yeah. And um, you know, it's an interesting question about the uh, what, what, where is the, uh, where is the right there? Does a fellow what right does a fellow have to on his own property do, um, do mm-hmm. that? And of course, it, it'll be, it'll, it'll be seen what happens. Um, but uh, was that do you know if that was part of the original? Plan, no, it, well, it appears to have been a little bit of uh, a little bit of a, 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 a snow job <clears throat> that, oh, the, yeah. that the fellow there was oh, some there was good. some experimental. Um, I'm drinking your tea. Uh, okay, activity that went on up up there, <clears throat> almost specifically, no, not about um, studying the benefits or you know how wind would a wind farm would work up there. No, that's not what we're doing. But in fact, learning something that then proved, uh, to, you know, that the wind would be great up there <laughs> from his perspective so and the, and that so he would end up it 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 has the the negative impact of uh their regulatory by by he would the locals would end up having to buy from him or buy from that energy which uh, uh. is more expensive than uh, canadian hydro energy that they currently have huh. <clears throat> uh, which you know there's a number of ways to uh, look at that development, but the, the the question was the creation of eyesore, the destruction of the environment that maybe these folks had come to find there. What what impact right. does these these things are? How tall? Very tall. Five hundred feet tall. Five to the to the top of the vein. Holy shit! Yeah, I'll bet they are. Um, right, and, each uh, blade of those those things is longer than like a semi truck's trailer. Yes, right. Like You've seen them go down the highway, huh? Yeah. They look like these long flukes, you know, these, yeah. uh, um, which they do, they have, uh, it's, it reminds me, of the, the, the shape of that blade is like a, a, a seagull wing, or uh, something on a whale, it's, it's kind of a neat, um, yeah. and it's got a nice little, sort of like a little fish uh, edge to one, it's quite, quite sculpted. But the, um, so the question is, this guy comes in, and you know, it's all about, this is America, this is all about civil liberties, what does a guy get to do on his own property? Uh-huh. And, um, and so these things make a fair amount of noise, kill some birds, mm-hmm. um, you know, collect energy nicely, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, the, the kind of the shits of it is that maybe if you were, Maybe if you were going to benefit somehow, if you were going to benefit financially, suppose it was a <clears throat> a community investment project. Yeah, or you get free energy. Or yeah, you yeah. know, then people might say, okay. Yeah. Um, but this is kind of like he's just gonna milk, make it as profitable as possible. Yes, right. Yeah. Right, and so it's really not for. Well, that money will all eventually trickle down, right? 
<laughs> of course it does. Uh, right oh, so it's um it's uh you know, it's probably a good project to resist. To fight. Uh-huh. You know, I don't know. Right. Pro- right, laying down out. But in front it's a of- little late. <clears throat> it might be a little be. late. Uh-huh. That's why you gotta have a town plan. Mm-hmm. Well, and not yeah, live in a place that I guess was developed by it. I mean that's kind of that's a special scenario. You're living in a development. Uh huh, that's right. That's probably right like, and um like around um, here this is all just developed organically over mm-hmm. hundred years or something. And when when power gets some uh gets some uh state support. Mm. And um so it's a funny deal. And and you know it's Gabe. It is. It is another. It's simply another angle. You know, my dad used to have the notion of the bastards. Uh-huh. <laughs> he in in you know in anything that that uh, or in some things that it was like the banksters, the sure. the the, uh, uh, the government, the uh, whatever form, the bastards, commercial advertising, money making, uh-huh. um, getting ripped off, the uh-huh. bastards and. Uh-huh. You know, I I guess I'm taking that I, I'm I, I'm taking that notion, putting names to more of the the, the set of bastards in a way, <clears throat> but that's one element of the bastard, you know, of the of the bastards, and and I've been thinking about about you know what is what does security in one's life look like, you know, what does it what does it uh, com- consist of, and my sense is that if you don't know who the bastards are. Uh-huh. Then you don't know what plays to look out for, right? You know, and they're coming at you in all directions, right? And uh, right. and so that that matter of 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 security, because you know, I I was watching The Walking Dead, and mm-hmm. and I've I've thought of the that what's the who are the dead? Who are the zombies? Mm-hmm. And I was just thinking a couple of days ago, was it the Erie County State Fair? Mm-hmm. I'm thinking, these, <laughs> these are the are zombies. zombies. <laughs> and, and, you know, and you think about a, about a, you know, a, a rebar zombie killing tool poked in the, you know what I mean? It's, it's a, it's a crazy freaking storyline. Yeah. But zombiehood is what fucking happens if you're not paying attention. <laughs> yeah. You be you become you become insulin resistant, you become diabetic, you become um uh you become infertile. Where right. fertility rates taken a, a fucking nosedive. Right. Damn it. And um and yet glandular activity is on the rise. <laughs> <laughs> like witness these these frogs. We're, we're, that 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 been found uh-huh. <clears throat> influenced by the uh, what do we say hormone mimicking uh, plastic related chemicals. Oh. And so it's hermaphroditic. Neither though being well, maybe neither being fertile. Ah. Poor little frog. Uh huh. And, um, so what do you mean? That's what you're talking about. Glandular activities on there. Uh, yes, what do you right. Mean? What does that mean? Well, um, I, I guess I was I, I I've been aware of a uh, of a of a of a male of an effeminate male kind of type mm. in younger people in younger people than me. Well, that's getting more uh, right. 
greater percentage. I really, I didn't think that you were so uh, insensitive to people expressing themselves. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that about you. Well, no, you know, it's that, all right. I'm just <clears throat> that 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 uh, matter of uh, self-expression. That's certainly key there. Um, but um, no, I'm thinking. I'm thinking it in terms of a uh, uh, of of uh, it's it's a glandular effect of the fucking chemicals. It's the right. it's the bastards. It's right. the bastards at play. <laughs> and um and yeah. getting back to you know what is security? You know, um, I guess I you know this stuff has been up for me uh, relative to you guys and your you know finding your way in a different in a different way than than I looked for mine. Yeah. Um, relative to security and 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 basically, right. you know, the the signing up with the man. Right. Um, you know, which is what I did largely. Yeah. Um, and why is it different for us? You think? Uh, well, why why it's di I guess what I'm what I'm seeing is that um, you 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 know that you're not taking that that uh, mm. that. Uh, path um, right just uh, the contract with the man you're right. you're, you're going well and it's relative to this in that it it avoids a fair amount certain, of the yeah. uh, oh, what do I mean to say by certain that certain fingers of the bastards or certain uh, yeah it's how do you how do you want to play with the bastards uh -huh. <laughs> and, and uh, or how do you get along with them yeah and the the I guess what I what I what I'm seeing is the uh, uh, it has to do. With, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm I'm grasping here. Yeah. It's a. It was a matter of where is our security do you line. Want to hold this cup of tea. <clears throat> sure, I'd love to sip on the bathroom too. Um, warm. It was that. It was that <clears throat> matter of where is our security. Yeah. And. Um, it's in community. It is in community. It's uh -huh. in family and friends. In your local library. Mm -hmm. Well, and and then it's it's the matter of how much can you sign up with the man, and still have a <clears throat> a uh, a safe kind of uh, living, um, and the opting out. You know, there's a fair amount less. Um, what were we talking about? We were on to uh, <clears throat> security. We were on to the uh, the matter of the uh, zoning and and. The, the yeah. guy doing his his windmills, right? And having a having a town plan is a way that you can keep your community safe from stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Can you edit these things? Uh, yeah, yes. yeah. Don't worry, <laughs> can can yes, always right. go back and. Well, um, I, I I was in, in uh, trying to capture that uh, the the thinking, but the um i was right, I was right <clears throat> there a, with you yeah and, and we we were we were talking today about ways of um you know uh living not the zombie life uh living in, in a uh you know in in a way that's a little bit more uh locally responsive yeah or that's what's nice about vermont mhm mm it's pretty well uh, well human connections are still valuable and important mhm mm a lot of places Zombie land in the city or whatever um, has gotten so impersonal mm -hmm. that uh, people aren't really forced to confront themselves or be themselves at all. Mm -hmm. And out here, with the population density as it is and the way things work, you just 
you are who you are and everybody knows it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they see it right away. Mm -hmm. And the, by and large, everyone's okay with it. There's, you know, expectations aren't high, really. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, yeah, and you know, the, um, what, what, uh, if you can keep a low overhead, mm -hmm. if you can get by on uh, not a lot of money, mm -hmm. your chances go way up around here. Mm-hmm. And uh, you were talking about found stuff. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, you know, the matter of, of functional and appropriate levels of, of construction, uh -huh. you know, relative to, uh, y you know, the um, Miles and Haley's place. Uh-huh. And, um... Yeah, there's a lot of free stuff around. Yeah, and you can, you can make, you know, you can make the bones of a life that you want to live, um... And there's there's a lot of benefit. This this place is just so just so uh, gorgeous. Um, it is. It's not polluted. Mm -hmm. Not a lot of sound pollution. Mm -hmm. Or uh, water's still pretty good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you just gotta find a way to get out in the winter time. Mm -hmm. Nice place to go. Mm -hmm. So back to Ben Franklin. Yeah, and uh, and those cats, um, you know, you you see early on that armies need loans. Uh -huh. All these folks, uh, you know, when <clears throat> when when you uh, the Declaration of Independence, you know, well, it was just a change of where is your dependency, uh, in a way, and and that's I think where where early uh, capital. Um, yeah, came in with with intention. Yeah, into the you know for, to make the play in the in the uh, in the U.S. and the colonies right. and such. Right. Um, and then shit, of course, Katie bar the door. It was uh, like fucking locusts uh, ran across the continent, just chewing shit up <laughs> yeah. and um, and using it up to the last stands of redwoods on the, on mm -hmm. the on California coast. Mm -hmm. And. The, Railroads and a beautiful expanse of country. What a what a place, huh? I know. Looking forward to. It occurred to me. Um, I'm going to be uh, motorcycles. Not it'd be a shits driving a motorcycle around here at, in in these conditions, like on a motorcycle trip. Oh you know yeah, yeah. A little uh, run into a little precipitation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The West is a nice place for that. Yeah, mm -hmm. definitely. That's the place. Mm -hmm. To cruise on the bike, but this land is your land. This land is my land. Yeah. From California, <laughs> you know, I got a chance to sing uh, <clears throat> when it's peach picking time in Georgia. Uh, a couple Cotton ago. picking time in Tennessee. When it's peach picking time in Georgia, uh -huh. apple picking time in Tennessee, apple cotton, cotton picking time in Mississippi, Mississippi, and everybody picks on me. When it's Roundup time in Texas, Texas, the cowboys may compete, but way down in old, old Carolina, Carolina, it's gal picking time for me. Yes, sir. And um, it's fun to there's it's fun to have some songs to bust out in, in certain company. Oh man, is it? Gotta have them. <laughs> uh huh. I, I a had a, people <clears throat> have camp songs. Yeah. You know? Yes, they do. I had a great opportunity. Um, 
It was at a, a hostel in, uh, in uh, New Zealand. And um, there are a lot of, you know, young folk, uh, fun folk, uh -huh. uh, Euro folk. Uh -huh. uh, and a lot of them had tattoos. Uh -huh. <clears throat> and I got a great tattoo song. Nice. And busted uh, We went to town to see the old tattooed lady. She was a sight to see, tattooed from head to knee. My Uncle Ned was there, he came to gipe and stare. I've never, he declared, seen such a freak so fair. <laughs> and on her jaw was a royal flying corps, and on her back was a union jack, how could you ask for more? All up and down her spine marched the Queen's own guards in line. And all around her hips fell, sailed a fleet of battleships. <laughs> and over her left kidney was a bird's eye view of Sydney. But what we liked best was upon her chest, my little home in Waikiki. <laughs> it's, kind of a, wow. it's kind of a nutty song. But it's, uh, it's a good one when, for, for, uh, when you got the tattoo reference. Mm -hmm. You think that's based on a real lady? <laughs> I, I would guess so. I wonder if somebody's recreated any of those tattoos. Mm -hmm. or if those are things in the tattoo world. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's a funny one. Sydney on the hip, Union Jack on the back. Now, that, um, that may have been uh, my uncle Reggie um, uh, re reference. He was... Uh, he 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 acted in the in the theater back in Buffalo, New York, probably in the fifties uh, and such. Really? 60s. Uh huh. Wow. And uh, did there was an older uh, or the the original version of Mac the Knife? Yeah. Or of uh, and what's the play that that goes with? Is it Mac the Knife? Anyway. Um, oh, I didn't know it was from a play. Yes, and. Uh, and um, and it was done in a slower cadence, and it was older, uh, older kind of Broadway uh, stuff. Mm -hmm. and, um, and he had a couple of nutty stories. He was a motorcyclist, uh, uh, bisexual fellow, uh, moved out wow. to San Francisco. I didn't uh, know that. Mm-hmm. This is your mom's brother? Mm-hmm. Cool. Was he younger or older than her? He was younger than her. And um, he was the, not, was he the youngest, or was Joni the youngest? Joni, uh -huh. Reggie, Connie, uh, or Carmi was in there, and Irene uh -huh. being oldest. Uh -huh. um, yeah, uh, went to where he, he um, actually uh, sang a song at his funeral. Yes, I remember that. Oh, yes, you I were there. I do remember his the funeral. Uh-huh, yes, you Vaguely. do. And he, and he... Uh, was a meter maid for the city of San Francisco. Really? Worked in a bar. Um, That's awesome. It, it, it had a, 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 he, was a, he had a dramatic flair. He, had a, he was a bartender at an old bar in North Beach cool. for years. One of those places. I never saw him at, in action there, but he was kind of a singing um, uh, Shakespeare's uh, storytelling um, wow. bartender. Wonder if he knew Jack Kerouac. Mm -hmm. I don't know. And then, kind of, uh, he died and bled out in his apartment. Alcohol, uh, uh, 
rotten liver. Really? Mm-hmm. Shit. Back yeah. still out in San Francisco, did you? Uh huh. Right yeah. on. And, and, you know that's that's sort of a bummer. <laughs> that's that's a a buzz killer. You know the, the part well, of that part of that story. We all knew he was dead. When yeah, we started right telling on. That and story. and um, there's a you know I, what 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 is honestly there in that story is a um, a, a sub text of desperation in, in uh-huh. ways. He had a, a, a dramatic, big-time, uh, almost-to-the-death fistfight with his brother, Connie, no who was way. a boxer in the Navy. Oh, shit. And, uh, but I think, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Uncle Reggie... Um, the story is Uncle Reggie tossing a, a Buffalo Bills player through a window of a, of a uh, no shit. local See, bar he a big downtown. Guy. He was a powerful, uh, yeah, um, powerful... Uh, he used to throw us up in the air when we were little. He would toss us in the air. I swear to God, we'd be four feet uh, up before we started coming down. Wow. Um, had motorcycles, scooters. Remember going on uh, uh, rides, uh, convertibles, uh, drives to Crystal Beach. Um, uh, wow. Some fun with old Uncle Reggie. Yeah. Loved that guy. Yeah. Uh, powerful guy. Um, remember him lifting the... Uh, anchor weight from a, a raft we swam out to and he grabs uh-huh. the cable the chain and he's, he lifts hauls the it uh, hauls it up <laughs> <laughs> oh hung awesome. that um hung a uh, thick hemp rope from uh, over uh, over a ravine from a tall overhanging Ooh. tree climbed that sucker Whoa. hung that proved to be it probably you were swinging um 10 feet off the bottom of the Gully, but able to swing probably forty feet from end to end or so, depending on how high you climb to let Whoa, go. Yeah. Was this over water? No, over just a dry ravine. Oh shit! Yeah, that sounds the, sketchy. The, well, it was a it was a sand hill that led down on one side of it that you launched yourself from. Cool. And just tried to make sure you made it back from the other end of the okay. pendulum. Cool. So there was a safe, so safe landing. Yes, yeah, so although there the... were, there were you know progressively longer falls from <laughs> that, that proved you know you know the, the consequence was greater and greater. Wow. <clears throat> um, but um, that's living. Yeah, that was some. That was those were some fun hours, courtesy of old Uncle Reggie. Yeah. Jesus. That's some good. That's some good stuff, right? Yeah. There. That's that uh, the nutty the nutty uh, <clears throat> uh, French Canadian. Yeah, that's where that comes from. Yeah, and because um, because uh, Reggie was also born. I don't know if if Uncle Reg. <clears throat> I think Uncle Reg was born in uh, 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 the French speaking Canada, like the Gaspé Peninsula. <clears throat> right, because <clears throat> no, let's see. At that time, um, mom's. Uh, Mom and Dad, my grandparents had moved down there, so Uncle Reggie may have been born because Mom was um, Mom was a baby when she came down. She was maybe a couple of years old, a few years old, okay. <clears throat> speaking French, and then though the subsequent kids would have been born. Mm-hmm. Now and then, my grandpa was his dad was uh, and Mom's dad was the town drunk. Really? Mm-hmm. Up in in Buffalo. Yes, and I and I know. Um, uh, yeah, he came down, and then so there were folks... So you're telling me that alcoholism runs in my family? By the way, did uh, Eric, it was Eric, uh, or who's... No, it was a, um, 
I was with a uh, the guy that moved in uh, Kitty Corner in 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 Carmichael uh, Axel. A new name. Okay, um, a new name. Uh, grew the up in, in France. He and, grew up uh, in France. Uh huh. And I was with uh, some of his French friends one uh, afternoon. His little, and I little, did the little, oh, 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 you did. And, yes. And uh, they, of course, they. they it's love not it. a French expression, <laughs> <laughs> but it totally defines the French. They're, they're learning. And um, uh, so he was. Yeah, it, I, a little of. Um, it's not a happy uh, re reference in some ways. That, uh, that, that's, it doesn't d really to speak the French to them. Uh, <laughs> a little, uh, but, um, but they took uh -huh. it out. Right, so alcoholism. Um, yes. Yeah, your grandpa in mm -hmm. Buffalo. Right, oh, and as you're, you know, you're getting the sense there's a, a thread of, um, of good, strong, creative uh, living that goes with it. Yeah. Sturdy peasant stock, of course. Your grandma's would say, "That's good. Mm -hmm. I'll take it." Well, and the, then the return to this northeast, uh, the the concentration of the damn gene pool going on. Right. I mean, among you guys. Right. Returning to that, uh, to that, uh, your blood. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that funny how people people will really talk about blood like. Like it's one of their favorite drinks. Really? You know, that, yeah, that the blood is is what's important. Oh, my pal Mark Griffiths. Yeah. Um, they've, he's got he's got a very very dominant um, uh, uh, family storyline. Yes. And and part of it, and as beautifully expressed by Mark, is is this larger than life, generous, um, uh, yeah. expansive, creative yeah. uh, uh, presence. And he feels like that's. In his line. Oh, yes. He completely outpictures it. And refers wow. to himself sometimes as Mark Griffiths. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God. And, and, uh, or, or certainly Patty does. Yeah. Uh, but, um, and, That's you know, great. God bless him. It's a, um, it's a, like, like, like most blessings, there's a, there's a, a shadow side to it. Right. You know, and, um, and. Uh, which he's felt the which he's felt the the burden of and and yeah. uh, lived uh, lived through and suffered in yeah. and 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 is learning and learning through right now in yeah. some ways and you know decided to go get some talk therapy about it and uh, yeah and kind of sort some of that stuff out because it's uh, it's you know it's heavy family energy mm -hmm. and uh, um, but. That's uh Is it is it carrying on in his kids? Oh of course. Yeah. How many kids does he have? <laughs> He's got two. Um well, well what he is of course it does. Of course it is. We yeah. were talking about, you know, that, that uh uh well one of the one of the topics of of the therapy that he went to that day um was about well, let's look at the um <laughs> let's look at the family dynamic. Uh-huh. And uh he he remembered his dad had lived with his brother in that house that uh -huh. he lives in now. Beautiful house on the beach at uh -huh. uh, uh, the end of Lake Erie near the uh, uh, source of the Niagara River. Mm -hmm. and, um, and two brothers lived there. And there, apparently there was some friction between them. Mark told one story about since they were co-owners of this beach property, well, they both owned the latter. Mm -hmm. And so one the one brother said, 
All right, well, this is my half of the ladder. And with a sledgehammer, <laughs> busted out half the rails. <laughs> so, so there was a little... <laughs> yes, that's a, that's a strong statement right there. Yeah. Here's, all right, you, there's your half. <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> so, anyway, that, there, that was indication of some family dynamic going on in the, in the, in the, blood, in the blood. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, right. And... Um, yeah, you don't see a lot of that. No. Alright, we'll take a break. Thanks, Lee. Oh yeah, my pleasure, Dave. Yep, that was my pappy. <clears throat> Sitting on the couch here in Craftsbury. What a guy. What a guy. We could go on and on, and hopefully we will. We'll have more Lee Roberts on the podcast down the road. He's really, uh, jeez, you know, just opening the opening the third eye that man keeping it keeping it open and you know looking at what's going on and trying to make sense of it all and looking at the big picture it's fun it's fun to see my pops uh like that glad he came on the podcast although i kind of sneak attacked him with the microphone next time maybe we'll sit down properly um all right now i've got a little uh reading for you. This is, um, you know how uh, butter is nice when it's soft for toast? You know how toast, when you make toast, you want butter soft? Soft butter. Well, do you ever think about how that soft butter gets to be there sitting in that dish for you in the morning, just all perfectly soft, not not all rancid and melty and not cold and hard, but perfectly spreadable. You ever think how that, you know, how that comes to be? Well, here's the answer. I'm responsible for maintaining the supply of soft butter. Sometimes that means getting up at ungodly hours of the morning. 5 a.m. in the summer or 4 a.m. in the winter just to take butter out of the fridge and cut off chunks and put them in the dish so they'll be perfectly soft and ready to spread. Spread ready, as I always say. I have a nagging tendonitis in my right elbow from slicing the chunks of butter off of the huge roll of Amish butter that we buy in bulk. I've considered using a paring knife or a chef's knife, but I'm no chef, and damned if I'm going to use the paring knife for butter when there's an entire plastic compartment in the drawer filled with butter knives. But it's not all doom and gloom and tendinitis. There's a creative aspect to my work that keeps me coming back for more. For example, it's entirely up to me to determine what size and shape to cut from the roll of Amish butter. I'll never forget, when I first started, I would try to make a complete sectional round slice of the roll, but inevitably I'd lose power in my slice and my knife would turn and I'd get some ghastly half-moon shape and leave the roll's end in shambles. I've since learned to accept the limitations of the tool and of the material and take manageable chunks. I try to stay under control, but I'm always pushing the envelope too. It would be so boring if I didn't. 
I know some butter softeners who cut the same shapes from their roll. You might as well just buy butter in cubes or pats, as far as I'm concerned. Then, of course, comes the great reward of arranging the fresh chunks in the dish. You've been up since 4 a.m., your elbow is shooting with pain, you're behind itches, but then for those magical pre-dawn moments, it's just you and your butter and your butter dish and the still firm sculpted chunks in your fingers. And as you lay them in the dish, showing off some exciting new edge, you imagine the joy on the face of your master when they make their toast in just a couple of hours and it's all quite worth it. That was The Butter Softener by Gabriel Roberts. <laughs> uh, thanks for listening, folks. Gosh, sure was fun to get back in here, get back into this uh, dive zone, you know, strap on the Scooby-Doo tank, get down deep with you and swim around, put flippers on. Mm. Your flippers are cool. How long are your flippers? Ooh. Let's smack our flippers against each other. <laughs> That's what scuba divers like to do. You know, you see them, they go down there, they're like, oh, I'm going to go look for fish. <laughs> and they get day. You look underwater and they're just smacking their flippers against each other, blowing bubbles. <laughs> Unbelievable. Unbelievable. That's That's all. That's it. That's all. That's the that's the beans. That's the smoke. Cheers and thank you. Send me some snail mail. It's getting towards letter writing time out here. It's going to be cold and dark. And so we're just going to hunker down and knit things and write letters. You can send your fan mail, snail mail, dick pics, and other correspondence to P.O. Box 28. Craftsbury, Vermont. That's C R A F T S B U R Y. And the zip code is 05826. I will get back to you. And I still have some really cool stickers. I've got some cowboy stickers. I'll send you a sticker. Any uh, other questions? Uh, Gabe Roberts Art at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, folks. I hope. The rest of your summer is great. We still do have lots of summer, like three weeks. So enjoy it. Get out there, get naked, frolic in a field. Just make sure to check for ticks afterwards. Okay, my dear friends, until next time, adios. Adios.